that off now. Good. Well, glory. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, there are too many people on that side and not enough in the middle here. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, why don't we, why don't we slide this thing over there and y'all come over here? Would you do mind doing that? That answers the, that answers the prayer that Paul and I were praying on the way here today, that we could get everybody right up close and personal. So, thank you, Ronnie. Man, at sixty-two years old, you look good. <laughs> oh, I wish. Say what? Oh. Well, thank you for that. That'll be enough now. Well, you were, uh, did, did everybody get a, a sheet? Well, get up and go get one. Well, uh, now there are. Thank you for doing that. That that feels so much better to me. I, uh, I I like it up close and personal. Well, we've got a. Uh, you can turn me down a little bit. Uh, Ever who's back there? Just lower that volume a little bit. Yeah, keep it going. All right, good. Is that better? That was a little loud. We've got a short teaching tonight. Um, Brother Dave wrote this some time ago, and you have copies. And um, and I've been asked to take this one that's named Grace Through Righteousness. Now, what we'll do tonight is look at some words that need definition. We look at some uh, ideas that may need to be tweaked a little bit, but the basic truth and um, and solidity is um, is here, uh, written by Brother Dave. So. Um, Hang with us as we go through. If you if you see something in this that that you want to change or to to meditate on, then put a circle around it. And when you get home, take some time to look it up and study it. You know, I I I'm concerned that that our lessons get thrown aside. You know, and all the work that went into them, um, the, it's lost. So grab on to the truths and meditate on them. Now, uh, 
Brother Dave, you'll forgive me if I switch some stuff around. Okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's opposite. It just means that it's a little bit different. Okay? Okay. All right. Name of this one is Grace Through Righteousness. And right off the bat, um, I'm going to change it. And what I'm going to do, if I can find my other note here, what I want to do is turn that completely around for ton just for this tonight's lesson. And, and we're going to say, um, we're going to say, um, well, let me tell you this. I believe that the gift of righteousness is the ultimate expression of God's grace. Yeah. All right, I'll say that again for you because that's what came to me as I looked over these notes and, and just in my own spirit just said, Lord, your grace is what made it all possible because we were not worthy, but yet we received your grace so that the righteousness comes through that magnificent grace that was, that was paid for at the cross, all right? Now, the first verse that we're going to look at is Romans 3, 25 and 26, and it's on your paper, so you don't need to look at the screen unless Brother Tim wants to put it up. That'll be okay. All right. This first verse starts with whom who is that right. whom is jesus christ all right so you can you can put that in and we'll read jesus whom god set forth as a propitiation now there's one of those long words that um i spit when i say it you know so this propitiation means atonement. It means averting the wrath. Let that soak in. All right. But Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, that is atonement, by his blood. Whose blood? The blood of Jesus. Now, you've got to talk to me tonight, okay? Through faith to demonstrate whose righteousness? His righteousness. All right. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time whose righteousness? His righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Is that a beautiful verse? Amen. Beautiful two verses. I want to read it to you from the Passion. This will, uh, this will kind of fan your flame, all right? But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. 
It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him receive that gift. We could go home, couldn't we? Yeah, I love that translation. Romans 5.17 from your paper. For if by the one man, who is that? No. Adam, yeah. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned. Now see, there was no death before Cain killed Abel. You know that? You know, people talk about all the bones they found that were that were older than Adam and Eve, but there couldn't be that because nothing died. There was no death. Now that'll mess your evolution up, won't it? Okay. All right. Now let's go back. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, that is Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one who? Jesus Christ. All right. Our reigning in righteousness, after we are given the gift of righteousness, our reigning is in Jesus Christ. All right. And we'll, we'll look at some more of that now. John 10.10, 10. that's just below the A under there, okay? John 10.10, 10. the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is Jesus talking now. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen? All right. Now, we are given, this says, the gift of righteousness to empower us to live a godly life and we can have God's quality of life. Amen? Now, yeah, let's look at what that means. We are empowered by this righteousness, this gift, to give life because Jesus said, I come to give life and give it more abundantly. All right. We are given that righteousness. Therefore, we are to give life. If our righteousness does not bring life to those around us, the Old Testament describes it as filthy rags. That's kind of rough, isn't it? But if our righteousness doesn't bless those around us with life, with words of encouragement, with love, with joy, if our righteousness does not minister to others, then our righteousness, righteousness can be called filthy rags. <laughs> Jesus said, the thief comes to do one thing. I come to do the opposite thing. Matthew 5 and 20. This is not in your, done in your notes. 
But Jesus said to his disciples and to uh, a group of scribes and Pharisees, listen to this, Jesus was not pulling any punches on this particular issue. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will in no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Now here are these scribes and Pharisees who sold themselves as, as perfect under the law. Their righteousness was pure and holy and all of that stuff. And Jesus says, to the rest of them, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you can forget going to heaven. Now, all of that conversation was held right after Jesus sat on the Mount of Beatitudes and listened to what he said on the Mount of Beatitudes. You are to be peaceful. You are to be mourners. You are to be meek. You are to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, persecuted for righteousness sake. How many of these scribes and Pharisees do you think fit that list of of requirements? Zero. And so Jesus gives us plenty of room when he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of these guys you're seeing standing around here with their nose in the air, unless you exceed that righteousness, you can't make it to heaven. Lovely, lovely words if you're one of Jesus. But if you're a scribe or a Pharisee, you've got a problem, Right? There's no way that they could, the only way they could break rank with the scribes and the Pharisees around them, the only way they could break rank is to accept Jesus as the very Son of God. And yet they were the ones on the night that he was tried, they were the ones who, who screamed out, crucifying, we don't want this man ruling over us. They got what they wished. They spoke their own death sentence. Because righteousness was not in their words and in their lives. Wow. God, I'm on B now. God's grace can only work through righteousness. Romans 5.21, that's on your sheet here. So that as sin reigned in death, that's, we talked about Adam, okay? Sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through whom? Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, reign through righteousness grace extends the righteousness to you and to me so that we may reign in that righteousness that is of his righteousness amen amen Amen. 
God's grace, and I'm reading in B, God's grace can only work through righteousness. Although, now here's, a, here's one of those uh, tricky scriptures that, um, that we haven't given a lot of attention to, but Brother Dave has. Um, I, I hadn't before I heard him doing it, all right? Although our spirits, and I put a circle around that one, although our spirits are made righteous at salvation, although our spirits are made righteous at salvation, our hearts are made righteous only when we believe the truth. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right? Now, you remember uh, the story of Philip, who uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to, and he said, there's a, there's a man in a chariot that has been to Jerusalem, and he's been up there studying the Scriptures, and he's a Hebrew, but he's going to Ethiopia because he's a eunuch under the control of the Ethiopian uh, king, queen, whoever was over it then. All right, But he's heading back to Ethiopia. And, and the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and, and talk to that man. So he caught up with the chariot. Don't know how fast he had to run, but he caught up. And, and he sees this man evidently stopped and, and reading the scriptures. And what's he reading? Isaiah. And he's reading about one that is to come that would do all these wonderful things. The government would be on his shoulders and on and on and on. You know the scripture. And he said to Philip, who is this talking about? And Philip told him, Jesus Christ, who was murdered and was put in a grave, and he rose from the grave, and he sits at the Father's right hand. That's the one. And this man's heart was absolutely open. And he said, well, now, there's a pond right down here. I passed it on my way up. And on the way back, he said, can I stop and be baptized? And you know what Philip said to him? If you believe with all of your heart, then there's a way. I'll baptize you. If you believe with all your heart. What a powerful statement. You know, and I, I get somewhat irritated when I hear um, preachers, let's say, on TV or otherwise, say, repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. And we believe that, that from this day forward, you are born again. You're a Christian. That's a whole lot too simple for me. Because asking Jesus to come into your heart is not believing with your whole heart. So that I believe there is a prayer for the, for the uh, repentant sinner. Yes, I believe there is a way for that person to get saved. 
But it takes a whole lot more than just saying, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Now, that's part of it, but you got to go farther. Because what Philip said to the eunuch was, you got to believe with your whole heart, and then I'll baptize you. you got to believe with your whole heart. Romans 10.10 For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made, where? Unto salvation. All right. Once, once you believe, you're moved from, from not believing to believing, and then your mouth has to speak that salvation into being. You confess that you are now a, a born-again and hopefully spirit-filled child of God. All right? That's what, we're, that's what we're after with these folks who are lost or folks who are, who are coming here every Sunday who sit here and think they're saved, but they've not crossed over to whole, complete heart belief. And that's what we must, must ask of them. Now, heart is mentioned here, and I, I think, well, spirit is mentioned, heart is mentioned, okay? And then there's the soul, and then there's this, and then there's that. And Paul had a way of just kind of sprinkling these parts around, and I, I sometimes get confused at what is this and what is that. You know, well, I want you to know that all of them are integrated, okay, tightly integrated, but there are differences, okay? Now, this, this whole heart thing, is, it's fascinating to me. The heart, now listen to this, the heart describes the center of a person from which thoughts and affections flow. Your heart. The center part of you now, that's not your fleshy heart, okay? But remember that you got two hearts. One that's fleshy that does what? Pump it pumps blood through every part of your body. And then there's that spiritual heart that pumps what? Spirit to all parts of your body. And truth, okay? That's what's being pumped by this inner heart because the heart describes the center of a person from which thoughts and affections flow okay not yet we'll get there okay heart is the seat of emotions instincts passions that's what's in that heart. Not the fleshly heart, but the spiritual heart. Not the spirit. This is different from the spirit that's internal to you. This is the heart. And, and I had to come to grips with that and say, Lord, you know, 
you got too many parts going here. You know, I, I need to get them integrated so that I can so that I can grasp the truth that you're trying to to teach me. And the inner aspects of a person's life, that is the intellectual part, the psychological part, and even some of the spiritual part. And it's called the inner being in some, in some texts, okay? The inner being being that heart on the inside of us that, that pumps out life into all of your and all of your uh, limbs, if you will, throughout your body, the, the intellectual, the psychological, the spiritual, all of that comes from that center inner being. Yes. Now, there's that, there's that spirit that is born again when we are converted. Amen. And that spirit is self-contained, okay, it's... It's born by God through His Holy Spirit, through the blood of Christ. It's born, and it's sealed once it's born, okay? And it's there, all right? And it's that spirit that, that will live forever and will never, ever sin. You get that? He gives us that gift of Righteousness. Because of that spirit that lives in us, we can be called righteous. Okay. Now, in 2 Thessalonians, and this is not on your sheet either, it says that the Lord will direct your hearts into the love of God. Now, there's a beautiful thought to me. The Lord will direct your hearts into the love of God. Now, what do we say about the heart? What was the heart? It was this inner being, okay? Not the, not the spirit, not the eternal spirit, but, but that part of us that is the, the very inner being that God gives us, that helps develop us, who helps us move into the love of God. But God directs, through his Holy Spirit, he directs us into the love of God. I love that. You know, because he's constantly wooing us. He's always calling us and saying, come, come, come. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Holy Spirit, come. You know, bring, bring it all. And we don't know sometimes what we're asking for because we can end up on our backs unconscious, you know. But, but God will direct his spirit to bring love and understanding into our hearts. And once that love is in us, then we are in God because why? He is love. And you can't get into him without being loved. Because he's all love. And he's not going to let anything get in him that's not love. So 
Anyone, Jesus said, who tries to climb up some other way is a thief and a robber. Who is love? God is love. And who is one with God? Jesus Christ, his son. And who is, Jesus said, I want you and me to be one, like the Father and I are one. We are in love. You and I are in love because God, through his Holy Spirit, directs us into the love of God. Is that beautiful? I love it. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Another word for belly is what? Heart. You know, out of that heart will flow rivers of living water. But in order for it to flow out, something has to fill it up. Okay? So we can, we can move on now a little bit farther. To see. Let her see. When our heart is straight, now that's an interesting word. When our heart is straight, it produces a straight confession. We hear straight used in some real ugly circles these days. Um, this ain't that, okay? This is a special kind of straight. It produces a straight confession coming out of your heart, coming out of that heart that is filled with God's love and you're in God's love yourself and the, the very essence of your life comes out in confession straight. We can turn negative emotions around through our tongue. Now, that's a little... Uh, sentence is dropped in there, isn't it, for you to think about. James 3, 4, and 5, it's, a, it's on your paper, says, Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know, that little member gets us in a lot of problems, all right? But James describes it as this small rudder on a big ship. And this ship is moving through deep water. And in order for it to stay on course, that rudder has to move just right to keep things Straight, okay? And that's what this straight is all about. That particular move by the tongue, okay? You can, you can change positive to negative in your life by changing that little member, by moving that tongue just right. And, and that movement is not talking about your neighbor, you know? That, that tongue is not glorifying earthly wealth. That, that tongue is not a, a, a piece of equipment that Satan can use if you won't allow him to use. Right. Turn that ship, straighten that ship, and it says, 
When our heart is straight, it produces a straight confession. That is, you are able to say, Lord, I am in your will and I am speaking with my little member. I'm speaking that you are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and I am in love with you. <laughs> Death and life, it says on the second page, are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now here's that fleshly stuff Sister Ina was talking about. We bring negative memories into relationships. Easy now. <laughs> we bring negative memories into relationships and like a blanket... We throw it over other people. Were you ever covered with the blanket of someone else's negative speech, negative life? All right. Because of their own negative experiences, they, they wove this blanket. And anyone who comes close enough to them, they'll just throw that blanket over them and it becomes negative to them. All right, and, and God forbid that we do that. We must not weave this, this blanket out of our memories. God is, is giving, has given us the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from our past sins and to maintain our cleanliness through His blood, okay, so that we don't, we don't need to drag that blanket around and throw it on people. Enough said about that. I, I think you get the point. It's important, D says. It's important to keep our hearts guarded. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You remember we defined hearts a while ago as from, from our heart flows this life. This life energy, all right? And, and he says, guard, guard your hearts because out of it spring the issues of life. What in the world are issues of life? Trying to maintain our, uh, our relationship with God and with each other. That involves the issues of our lives. Because it's in those relationships, uh, horizontal and vertical relationships, that life is expressed, righteousness is expressed. And if we do not allow ourselves to, to give life out of our righteousness that we've been given, then we need to change, we need to change tracks, Okay. Proverbs 17, 20 says, He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse uh, tongue falls into evil. Clear enough, huh? Romans 4, 17, as it's written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. All right. Speaking of Abraham, who, who was considered righteousness, but no one was made righteous until the blood flowed to Calvary. And he rose from the dead. Then he could say, you are righteous. You are righteous because you believe with your whole heart. Amen? Amen. Simply hearing this truth may not affect your life, but when we begin to think or meditate on it, it will affect your life. Mark 4.24. Then he said to them, take heed. Boy, what, what a interesting verse. He said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. A lot of people say that that belongs to money, you know, that, that we're talking about money. What you give, you know, will be given back to you. What you, uh, what you measure, you know, to, from somewhere else will be measured to you. You know, it may, it may apply to money, but that's not what he's talking about. He said, watch what you hear. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you see. Watch what you take in every moment of your life. Because that hearing, if you let something in that God does not approve of, that can turn around and dump right back on you. But if you receive his word, he said, my word on the water will not return void to me. Right? So the important thing is that we make very sure that what we say and what we listen to and what we view is pure and godly because none other will work with him. Proverbs 23.7 For as he thinks in his heart, boy, how familiar this is. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, this is a phony person. That's plain English, okay? We hear good, we hear bad stuff, and then we, we act as though we are being genuine with someone, but we're as phony as we can be if the Holy Spirit has not cleansed our thoughts and our words. I didn't hear an amen anywhere there. All right. The words of the wicked one are lying wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The mouth of the upright will deliver them. If you know someone who is not upright, if you know someone who is in need, your words will lift them up. This is righteousness. This is a gift through the very grace of God based on the blood of Jesus Christ that gives you the life. We've already covered this. Give you the life 
the quality of God, the life's quality of God. Prayer. My prayer is that we will that we will press into this quality of life that the Holy Spirit is saying, because you have been declared righteous, press in now to that righteousness. Be holy, God said, even as I am holy. You see, and we have missed that sometimes. We've said, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't pretend to be holy like God. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, take my, the quality of my life and, and let it be the quality of your life. You are righteous because I say you're righteous. And because you have believed with what? Your whole heart, not a piece of it. Amen? God bless you tonight.